Geico presents oh, yet another voicemail from your roommate. Hi. So, about the kitchen. Turns out when there's a grease fire, you're not supposed to throw water on it. <laughs> Who would have known, right? Anyways, the fire department is here and it's totally cool. Give me a call back when you get a chance. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if danger is your roommate's middle name. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a Sweet Truth Media production and may not be suitable for all audiences. Brothers and sisters, get around. It's time for the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth. <laughs> Well, hello everyone. I am Billy Dees, and this is the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth podcast. With us, as always, is the co-host Sugar Shane. How you doing, Shane? Doing fine out there, people. Hope y'all doing good. <laughs> Can't complain. Could be better, but could be a hell of a lot worse. So, I uh, got you. Also with us tonight is Jack Casey. How's it going, Jack? It's going pretty good. <clears throat> Had a good weekend, so good. I'm back here. Fighting a two-day hangover. Good times. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, don't mix beer, wine, whiskey, and uh, vodka. It's a bad idea. Yeah, mixing Damn. is always a... Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, free booze at a wedding, you know? Yeah. If you're uh, new to the podcast, just to let you know, we do two live shows a week, Monday night and a Thursday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us on uh, Twitter at Sweet Truth Radio and uh, the Sweet Truth, the, the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth podcast, easy for me to say, is on uh, Spreaker and also uh, Apple Podcasts. So you can yes. check us out any of those places. Stitcher, Player FM, it's all kinds of shit. Castbox, if yeah, 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 there's a good chance that no matter what your favorite yeah. uh, platform is, we're probably there. I mean, it's yeah. impossible to be on all of them, but oh, let's no. say the, the big ones were on all of them. I am going to look into Pandora. I just haven't done it yet, but I am going to look into that. Yeah, they just started that, so right, right. Yeah, well, we'll see about doing that. I'd heard uh, rumors that they were going to do that, but I wasn't for sure yet. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving uh, last week. Uh, did everybody have a good uh, holiday? It was decent. Decent? Huh? Did you have a, a turkey and all that? Oh yeah, yeah. I was good. Cool. Good. How about you, Jack? I was in Columbus. Uh, so was with, I. Uh, my dad's side of the family. Where were you at? I was out in uh, Dublin. Uh, I was in Hilliard. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up in Dublin seeing family. Uh, played with the cousin's kids and then uh, ended up in uh, Westerville. 
oh, okay. hanging out with a friend of mine, and then you know drove back Friday, and then Saturday I had a wedding in Pittsburgh, and oh man, got you back last night. Place. Damn, you yeah, I've been gone all, all weekend. Jesus, you went from both south and north. well, I guess you call Pittsburgh directly east, but yeah, we went out to dinner with um, my wife's parents, and uh, they live in Columbus. Okay. And we just went to like Bob Evans. You know, it was no big deal. Actually, really have a Friday morning. Yeah, they yeah they actually have a very nice Thanksgiving um, meal program there. You can take it out or you can eat there. I bet. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's actually pretty good. And then, of course, on Saturday was the uh, Ohio State Michigan game. Yeah. And uh, of course, Ohio State did very well on that. Did you watch? I. I presume jack you're not into that uh did you watch it or no i spent all day saturday either driving or uh, at a wedding so i oh, was yeah, around busy. That. yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't playing in pittsburgh either yeah. so <laughs> yeah how about you uh, uh shane it was on while i was at work and then after i got home i kept up it because i don't have cable i kept up with it via espn's website and I saw that one because i was also keeping up with the georgia georgia tech game and i was keeping up with the alabama and the auburn game did you, uh, on Sunday, did you watch any of the Browns game? Uh, I saw a little bit of it. Yeah. They look good. Yeah, they look good. And uh, you, you know what surprises me, though, is that Hugh Jackson went down to Cincinnati. And, of course, they played Cincinnati. Yeah. And I always, my impression of that coach was always that he was well-liked, although some people might have felt that he didn't have – you know, the best coaching skills or the best coaching personality, but that he was well-liked. And I was really surprised at the um, animosity oh, yeah. that happened. Uh, uh, the, the quarterback made a comment. A few other players made a comment. Uh, former players, Reggie Langhorn was on uh, one of those morning programs and made a comment about how, you know, for him to leave – and go to a team that they are going to play twice. Yeah. Um, you know, and just go from one team right to the other. Um, that they felt that that was not cool. Yeah. Because um, obviously he has. Well, that was ill forces beyond his his help. You know, that's who offered him a job. You know, I mean, he can't help that. You know, I mean, say that again. It was forces beyond his nature. You know, his control. I mean, yeah, he could have said no, but he needed a job. Cleveland done yeah, fired well, him. Yeah, well, that's that's true. But here's the thing. Okay, he was still getting paid, and I don't know what his contract is, but he's certainly a multi multi millionaire. Okay, yeah. and I mean, it isn't like he had to go from one job to another. And their point is, is that they should have waited until the season was over. And then incorporated him in next year. They shouldn't have right in the, you know, one Sunday he's with this team and next Sunday he's with another. Um, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, a a lot of the players felt that, I mean, he obviously knows all the players. He knows all their weaknesses. He knows all their strengths. And uh, uh, they just felt that, you know, that shouldn't have been done that way. And... uh, I don't have the exact words in front of me, but something somebody said something to the effect of, you know, he acts like he acted like he was our best friend, and all buddy buddies do anything for you, and then turn around and the next week be coaching against you. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see both sides, but this isn't like 
you know, like me, for example, you know, I, you know, work paycheck to paycheck. You know, right. here's a guy who, who's still getting paid. It's a multi-million dollar contract. He could easily wait until next year before he started it up. Um, and he chose to go. And, and quite frankly, I, I'm the, I don't even really understand the wisdom of that because for me, what would be in the back of my mind is exactly what happened. You know, he went down there. He, he they, you know, for the most part, the Browns dominated most of that game until about the last part of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, Cincinnati wasn't going to win that game. And uh, there were some things that happened, uh, you know, during the, the game. Uh, one of the guys handed him the ball and made some kind of a – I don't remember exactly what the comment was, but he never got a game ball when he was a coach at Cleveland, so we <laughs> figured we'd give him one now. And uh, wow. uh, just that's just and, an asshole, though. I, yeah, I, I was really surprised, like I said, because I, my feeling was that he was a likable guy. He may not be the best coach. But I was really taken aback by uh, the animosity that went his way. And some of the memes and some of the things that the fans did about him were just awful. Just you know, it, 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 it surprises me, but it don't. Because, I mean, look at what Cleveland did when uh, the first time LeBron left. Burning jerseys and crazy shit. So, I mean, this sports is huge. And sports can drive people to do dumb shit. Yes, and that is, you're right. That's more of a commentary about the, uh, we as a society have some problems. Right, right, right. Uh, You're right about that. But the difference in LeBron was that he took his star power and the the Cavaliers who were at the height of their, uh, you know, fame for the most part when he left. Um, that didn't happen with you. I mean, they were a they were a losing team to say the least. Yeah, and uh, it, it's odd that somebody who seemingly is doing you a favor by leaving, um, was treated that way. And I just I I don't understand it. Maybe there's things in the people in the Cleveland area know that I don't. In my opinion, uh. Should he have, they should have waited out the year, possibly, to put him in. Well, and, but the thing, the, the fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, if Cleveland, or Cincinnati, I mean, I meant Cincinnati, if Cincinnati offers him a job and he, they want him to start now, and he says yes, that decision lies in his hands. You know, he has to live with the consequences. Oh yeah, and, and he is, and yeah. he got treated relatively poorly down right. there, and I can imagine it's only going to be worse when they play him. Uh, Again, they have to play him again. And I don't understand. That's another thing I don't they understand. They don't play him is, no more this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they play Cincinnati one more time. I thought that's who they tied the first time. Mm, no, I think Pittsburgh. that was Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. it was Pittsburgh. You're right. They did yeah. play him one more time. Yep, yeah. My bad. My bad. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, the only game I care I mean, about I'm, in the near future is Saturday. That's it. What's that? Georgia and Auburn. I mean, Georgia and Alabama for the SEC Championship. If Georgia were yeah. to somehow, I don't know how, because I'll be honest with you, I think Georgia's a damn good team, and they may be the second-best team in the nation. Whether anybody wants to give them the credit or not, they're a damn good right. team. Right, right. And they're only, only going to get better with some of the decisions they're making in the main office in the next two to three years. Yeah. But with that being said, if, and I think the possibility is there that they could beat Alabama, Georgia be really in the running good. They'll be ranked number one going into the playoff. 
they could actually somehow win a national championship this year if, if okay. they can get past Alabama. That's a big if. I'm not going to say is it's going to happen because, man, I'm on yeah. pins. I'll be on pins and needles Saturday. Thinking about that game, yeah. keeping an eye on it. Huh, interesting. Okay. Um, you guys, uh, I don't know if you caught this on the news today. Uh, GM, General Motors, um, announced a pretty large layoff, 15%. Yeah. Five plants are going to close. And, of course, this becomes a political uh, you know, rallying point. Um, you know, everybody's saying oh, Trump, it's all because of Trump, 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 Trump. And in actuality, uh, objectively speaking, from what I've been able to gather, this is a, a storm that GM should have realized was coming a long time ago. It's been ago. going a long time, back when they were even taking yeah. money from the government for uh, what yeah. was it they did? They took money from they the government. They took the bailout. Yeah. Bailout. Yeah, the, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the sales have been dropping in the United States and China for GM for a long time. Um, unlike Ford and other manufacturers um, that realize that traditional cars, the way we normally uh, have been buying cars, are not selling anymore. People are doing like the SUV type uh, yeah. things and so on and so forth. And um, GM wants to put its focus um, back on uh, the, uh, the future, which can mean electric cars and, and other things. Um, obviously, uh, you know, this is going to mean retooling different technology and, uh, different training. So, uh, this actually has very little to do with anything any president is doing, but we've talked about this before a million times, you know, the people on the left right now who are, you know, trying to blame Trump, uh, for this would be defending Obama if it was the other way around. Yeah, and all the people on the right who are defending Trump, saying he has nothing to do with this, uh, would be you know uh, crucifying Obama if it was him in the office. So um, once you get past the politics of it, though, like I always say, being a president of the United States is a lot like being a quarterback of a football team. You get too much credit when things are going well, and you get too much blame when things are screwed up. And um, the way that we are so polarized now, this happens along um, ideological, uh, political uh, parties. So um, I'll start with you on this, Shane. Um, what do you say about this? Is this something that you feel is a, something that's going to happen in regard to the economy starting to falter now? Because the car industry... You know, I don't know what the estimates are, but they claim that every dollar in the economy is one of ten that is in some way tied to the car industry. Right. Uh, do you feel that this could be a something that uh, is is a sign of worse things to come? Honestly, yeah. Um, I'm not saying it will be, and I'm hoping we pull out of it. But right. I've, been, I've been expecting a downfall of the economy, or at least a recession. If not yeah. an all-out depression for quite some time, so uh, yeah, I think it could be. Um, the fact of the matter is, to me, is I'm not shocked that it happened. And GM, as far as I'm concerned, has been making shit cars for quite some time now. Yeah. I don't mean to be mean. I'm probably not ever going to do an ad for them, so I feel secure in saying that. 
Well, they had too. They, they had too many lines there for a while. I mean, there was Buick and yeah. this. And that. It was just all over. I mean, I don't know how many. And they were different versions of the same thing. Their electronics um, go out in their car. Like you mean, like all of a sudden your tire gauges will read wrong all the time when you got full tires. It'll say you got twelve pounds. Yeah. It's like off. It's off the charts. Bad stuff that goes wrong. Tires suck on my Malibu. I mean, suck. It costs yeah. one hundred and twelve bucks for one. Wow. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. That's what it cost me last Friday for a tire. It cost yeah. me 300 bucks to replace all four of my tires last year. Yeah. yeah. You won't do it with these. It's over 400 bucks. Yeah. That, well, I, I, I can't say too much there because I have a four-wheel drive vehicle, and, you know, that's I know they're going to be expensive. So I'll tell you how much uh, the economy's changed. In the late 90s, I could go to Pep Boys in Georgia and get four tires on the sports model Ford Probe that I had for a hundred, yeah. for less than 150 bucks. Hmm. That's how much tires has increased and people don't realize it. I'd get them, yeah. I think it was around 140 or something like that for all four. Mounted yeah. and balanced and rotation warranty. <laughs> okay, Jack, uh, your opinion. Uh, do you have a lot of confidence in the economy or do you feel it's on shaky ground? Well, I feel like we've been kind of going up and up and up for a bit too long. And um, we have a couple bubbles that are sitting and waiting to burst. One being student loans and um, another being medical costs. Yeah. And I feel like what's going to happen is, yep, I feel like what's going to happen is it's going to compound. And then one of those bubbles is going to burst and it's going to affect literally everything else. Like you'll have a bunch of people who can't pay their loans for their student loans and you can't afford housing. So less people spending money on housing. And I feel like that all this uh, inflation of stock prices and everything is going to slowly start to trickle down again, if not yeah. drop. It's just kind of a matter of when it happens. Yeah. You know, in a way, if we get our, we're get, we in doing the right thing by doing what we're doing now. Because it doesn't matter what happens to the economy. There's one industry that will always survive, and that's entertainment. Always survives. I mean, you look at during the Depression, how many great movies came out of the, out of that era that people were still going to the box office and paying for. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that it's a sure deal or anything, but there's just people always got to have their vices. That's why the mob survived. People wanted booze. People wanted women, prostitutes, and everything else. So they provided it. Yeah, I uh, the, there is a side to that argument that is correct. I mean, there's a certain amount of escapism that people want to do um, during the uh, uh, you know hard times and so on and so forth. But uh, when it gets too bad, you know, you have to feed your family first. Oh yeah, and and um you know that that's the kind of the doom and gloom that some people are predicting within the next few years um yeah, I, I don't know I, I don't know if this um uh bubble is going to burst or not but we'll just we'll just have to wait and see um one more thing here about politics this mexico uh, border thing now with this uh caribbean um i he, here again i, I could it be handled better? Yes. Have other presidents done the same thing? To lesser degrees, yes. Um, but here again, it's it's a it's a political football. 
if you listen to the left on this, you know, these are helpless people who are, are fleeing a, a dangerous situation at home and they just want to come in and, uh, you know, uh, become uh, immigrants. Uh, and then they, on the right, you know, they, the, uh, the right is making these people out to be, um, you know, you know, bad people who, who want to raise hell and all these other things. And from what I've been able to gather here over the last few days, it, you know, just like with so many other things in life, um, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, there, there were some pretty uh, uh, substantial videos of uh, these these uh, helpless migrants throwing stones at the at the border patrol, um, uh, you know, causing problems for not only the the United States border uh, patrol but for for the Mexican. Uh, I don't know if they were police or what they were, and uh, they certainly didn't seem like they were helpless, and they certainly did not seem. Um, like they were families. And most of the ones in these videos that were released were, you know, young adult men. Um, yes, uh, there was some tear gas involved. And, of course, you know, the the, uh, the thing is, is maybe some children got in the path of this tear gas. Uh, but, you know, the blame for that is the people who are charging the border. Um, and this is very, very common, uh, you know, for for people who want to raise hell to, um, you know, use children as shields because anything that they do uh, to hold them back, they can hold out their finger and say, look what they did to these, you know, children. Um, and that's the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. And the left always falls for it. They love it, you know. And uh, the sad part of it about it is, is I do believe there's probably a lot of people in this caravan who would like to come here illegally, well, come here legally, rather, would like to play by the rules, Yeah, uh, do want a, a better life for themselves, and they're getting caught up in this hysteria that, quite frankly, I feel at this point, both sides are feeding. Okay. You have to be careful uh, with this. Um, I don't know if you remember 1980 when they brought the Cubans into Miami. Oh, well, that was uh, they pulled one on the United States. They pulled those right out of out of, the, out of the hardest prisons that they had. Yeah, that's what happened. And we had a lot of them get into this country, and then they doubled the police force in the next three years in Miami. But when they did that, they were yeah. taking applications of people that were, you know, they didn't even know who the hell they were. And come to find out, they were just as shady as the damn crooks were. They had corrupt cops all in the unit. So you have to be careful with that. They fired quite a few. I think 34 got fired. Yeah, and, and you know what? There's nothing hateful about saying that these people need need to be processed legally. They need to be vetted. Um, you know, they need to make sure that their stories check out. They need to make sure that the children that they are carrying are actually their own children. I mean, there's there's nothing that's radical about that at all. Uh, unfortunately, Trump makes it worse because of the rhetoric. Right. Yeah. You know, he th- he throws gas on the fire, and uh, I don't know, it's just a mess. Well, Bill Clinton that, and Daniel Obama a- both talked about immigration. And, they're, and, you know, they try to make it out like they never had anything to say about it, but that's straight-up bullshit. Because I've heard speeches on both behalves talking about more, better border patrol and better what. Yeah. They didn't want to go. They didn't say anything about building a damn wall now. Well, right, they right, didn't right. go that far. But they did talk about better patrol, border patrol and getting rid of illegal immigrants in this country. I've heard both of them talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Verbatim. And here and again. I, that, and what I can do, I'll get a damn recordings and play them on the show. 
of this yeah. two talking about her. Yeah. Because I got and, it. And, <laughs> and another and another trick that that really kind of irritates me, and I don't like it when it's done to conservatives. I don't like it when it's done to liberals. But you know, they kind of leave the they kind of make the, these comparisons to people who came in on Ellis Island, and all these people want to do is the same thing. Well, here's the thing: uh, the people on Ellis Island that came through came through uh, willing to work willing to assimilate into the culture, willing to learn the language, willing to work hard and Indeed. go and, and and go through the process legally of becoming a citizen. And to compare this to people who are largely, you know, saying we're going to kick in the door. Here we are. You're going to have to deal with us and give us what we want or you're a racist. <laughs> that's not that's not what uh, the people that came through Ellis Island did. And uh, uh, a long shot. No, and uh, and here again, I'm not saying that all the people in that caravan or all the people who want to come here illegally are that type of individual. That's not what I'm saying. But there's enough of them there that they're causing problems for Mexican authorities and United States ones. Yeah, you have to you have to sift through people. I mean, you can't just take anybody. I've watched that. Absolutely. I, I don't have no problem with anybody coming here legally. I don't care what country you come from. I don't give a shit if you come out of a hole somewhere. I don't care. As long as you go through the legal channels. That's the only thing I say. Because, right. Because you've got to be careful who you bring into this country. We don't know who. You just like anybody coming here. That's how you get 9-11s. Yeah. You have to be careful with shit like that. That's any yeah. country. Not just the United States. I'd recommend any country be that way. Yeah. Yeah, certainly you, you, do, you have to vet... Uh, I, I would say the danger through illegal immigration is going to be not so much, I mean, a terrorist could most certainly come in, but it's just going to be the criminal element. Um, and here's the, here again, that's not to say that per capita that illegals are any more or worse than uh, than the general population, but the ones that do come in have the poten- potential to do a lot of, of damage, and this includes drugs and everything else. Yeah. And, and, you know, if, if, if I wanted to uh, immigrate uh, to Sweden, my tactic would not be to stand at the border with a rock and throw a, <laughs> throw a rock and throw a rock at the, at, at the Swedish, uh, you know, security people on the border. Um, so I, I don't uh, I, I, I don't know that what the solution is. Yeah, it probably won't. It probably won't make any friends. Um, what's your analysis of, uh, of this, Jack? Uh, do you have any feelings about this? Well, what bothers me is um, they were offered asylum in Mexico and refused it. Right, exactly. And decided to keep coming north. I don't have sympathy for these people anymore, especially throwing bottles, trying to crash the border instead of being orderly and going through you know the basic process of asylum. Right. I mean, for the most part, I'm very much pro-immigration, but like these people, they they failed at every turn. Yeah, I'm pro-immigration. As long, like I said, I'm pro-immigration. As long as people come through the right way, I'm pro-immigration. Yep. I don't have no problem with immigration at all. I have a problem with illegal immigration. It's well, that's essentially the what they were trying to do, was they were trying to crash the borders. So, I mean, I, as I said, I mean, yeah, sure, their lives are horrible down there, but they went the wrong way of doing it. Yeah. And then trying to use this as you know political football, saying, oh, well, their lives are so desperate that they did these actions. Well... How many other groups of people have come from war-torn countries who played ball with us, and then everything resulted in their favor, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. So, 
I'm yeah, glad to hear you say that was good that, thinking. That was good thinking. Well, it's, I, I've been watching both sides right. about this the past couple of days, and I mean, and I, I kind of hate both of them. It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I do. Oh, yeah. They both shade it one way or the other, and it's and it's not. Yeah, it's what they should have done is have them come through, vet them, make sure they're not criminals. If they're not criminals, start you know setting them up with, you know, getting their uh, asylum yeah. since this was they're seeking, and then go from there. Whereas they decided to storm the border, throw rocks, and uh, and then use their children and women as shields. God. And also, uh, Mexico was having a lot of problems with these people as they traveled through too. Like, yes. That's the part of the story you're not hearing from exactly. And these other, like they were, um, there was a lot of theft. They were basically acting like gypsies out in Europe. And um, yeah, the Mexican president did offer them asylum, and they said, "No, we're going north." So yeah, I, I don't see why after they've been offered it, you know, for the first time, why it should become a problem now, because they didn't want to live in Mexico. Just yeah. saying. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and from what I understand, they were also offered uh, to be taken other places as part of an asylum program, and they they refused that as well. Yes, they were. So, uh, you know, everything has to become a, a political wedge. We just can't talk about a situation for what it is. Like I said, if you're a conservative... You know, this is an, you know this is an invasion, and if you're a, an immigrant, you know these people are carrying flowers, singing kumbaya, and they just want to come in. Uh, th- those <laughs> are both those are both distortions of the truth. See, yeah. personally, I'm okay with us just deporting all of our repeat, you know, criminals, like say to the middle of the ocean, and then yeah. replacing them with immigrants who aren't pieces of shit. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just. Yeah, I, I don't know. Something, you know, I think I, I, you know, just to say, I agree and to some extent that something needs to be done with repeat offenders. If a man's went to jail for, for some crime, and he's been in there three, four damn times, and sentenced, why the hell don't we just do something with his ass? Send him well, to Russia. You know that that uh, judge that killed his wife up in Cleveland. Um, he he got let go, and uh, you know, and he. You know, when they say, well, you you make one mistake. Well, to me, a mistake, that's a very ambiguous term. Yeah. Oops, I tripped and killed my wife. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, my bad. I'll, I'll get to the, uh, the floors that have the sandpaper on them so I don't slip and do that again. You know, my bad. Make sure that my knives are all dull. You know. Um, they let him know, go? Beating and biting your wife is a pretty uh, over-the-top thing. Yeah. And uh, making threats against her and all these other things—that's um, a you know—that's a pretty violent individual. And uh, who also, by the way, from what I understand, did not express any remorse or any um, uh, words that he wouldn't do it again or anything like that. So how he ever ended up back in the system and, and ended up actually getting a pretty good job again. Yeah, and then ended up, you know, doing a good job of killing his wife. Is uh, I wouldn't want him to be my judge. Yeah, well, he he, he I don't remember what he came back in as. He came in back as some something. That I'm I'm not sure, but anyway. Oh, okay. Long long story short, uh, goofball, and uh, you know, you know, we we hear so much about you know you have to believe the victim, and. Uh, so often, unfortunately, we hear that phrase when the victim is charging somebody with something that we don't like. 
Oh, okay. you absolutely don't always have to believe the victim. And and but here's a case where I would say when it comes to domestic violence, when you have a, a woman who's beaten enough badly that she's sitting in an emergency room and she tells the police, "He's going to kill me." I, I'm te- I'm tempted tempted to believe her. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it seems like we don't give those individuals a voice as well as we do the pe- people who may who are making allegations of things that happened 30 years ago when it's about something somebody somebody that we don't like and i here again i'm not saying that those things aren't necessarily untrue either but i, I gotta tell you when when somebody's been beaten and bitten and sitting in an emergency room and telling the police that guy's gonna kill me someday you know, I, I, I don't know how you cannot take that seriously. Um, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, you'd think they would. A lot of things <laughs> could be avoided if they did. Yeah. Look how many, yeah. look how many uh, catastrophes we've had in this country that could have been avoided if somebody listened. Yeah. Well, here again, you, you don't always have the evidence. Uh, it's one thing to suspect my neighbor of being somebody who is, you know, going to get some uh, fertilizer and make a bomb. Um, it's another thing to have enough evidence to go to the authorities and say that he's actually going to do it. Right. Um, and if they investigate it and they don't find anything in his garage or what have you, then there's not much, to, you know, to do about it until something unfortunately bad happens. But here again, in these domestic violent cases, a lot of, a lot of these guys, and, and, and women too, they're, and that's a misnomer that it's only women who get hurt. Yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the, um, the evidence goes back years. You know, you can look at, at these women's x-rays where they've had bones that have been fractured and healed over and over again. And uh, I don't know why the court drags its feet and just locking these guys up. Yeah. I I mean, there's witnesses that's, that have, you know, say, oh, yeah, he says he's going to kill her all the time. And uh, he's, he's put her in the hospital, you know, three or four times in the last five years. Uh, how long is, does this have to go on before somebody says, okay, you, you can't go by, your, you can't get near your ex-wife anymore? Well, you some states go- are starting to uh, crack down on this. Like, um, you know, they go to, a, say, a domestic violence situation where the woman has gotten the crap kicked out of her, you know, blood everywhere, bruises, and it's no longer up to the woman as to whether or not the guy is charged. Yeah, that's correct. States. Yeah, that, I believe that, Ohio true. was actually looking at doing something similar, but I know Florida and Georgia do that. Um, to where, you know, if there's, there's evidence there that she was assaulted, that it's not up to her anymore to press charges. It's up yeah. to the DA. It's up to the cops. Yeah, that's probably so, a good thing. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's how it is in Georgia. I know. So I mean, yeah. we've all seen those episodes of cops where you know the woman's face is like the size of a melon because you know he punched her so many times and she's like, "But I love him. You can't take him away. I'm not pressing charges." And then what can they do? They just well, they leave the guy with her, you know, because yeah. they can't they can't arrest him. They can't remove him. Yeah. So yeah. it's been nice to see that kind of turn around a bit. Yeah, something needed to be done there because um, I feel that's a big problem. And, and you know, um, that's, well, enough said about that. I think we covered it. But I do agree that there should be some discretion in terms of what the police can do. If they feel that 
you know, this guy needs to be taken in and she's defending him for whatever reason. Either she's, you know, uh, psychologically predisposed to, to bond with him and he, she, she does that anyway. Or, uh, you know, she's afraid, you know, to uh, do the charges. The police have to have the ability to say, we need to bring this guy in. I mean, that to me is pretty... Uh, pretty uh, self-explanatory um nasa uh they landed a uh, uh a lander i guess on mars and this one's a little different because this one is actually designed to mine and um it'd be very interesting if this uh machine finds anything uh, and i've talked about this before finding Ah, oh, what was that? Finding any, finding any kind of uh, microbial life would be, or evidence that it was once there, would be extremely significant in terms of how we view life on Earth. You know, you could make the argument that if what we find is completely different, that life can uh, start up, as it were, in a number of different ways. Or if it's very similar, you could make the assertion that possibly life started uh, at the same place in space. And we're just part of a, of, of a wider mixture of life. Well, one theory is that life started on Mars and then like some kind of comet hit Mars. Exactly. It got yeah, transferred here. Yeah. They found uh, some fragments of what you're talking about. I believe it was like down in Antarctica or somewhere yes, like that. Yes, it was. Yeah, and yeah, that, was uh, back in, that was way back. That was like 1997, 98, I think. Yeah. I remember it was a big thing in uh in my middle school. Like our science teachers were excited about it when it, you know, they first found it. Um, I can't believe if they, or I can't remember if they uh, determined exactly what it was though. Like if it was a fossilized bacteria from here or from possibly right. extraterrestrial or, or origins. I don't think that was ever settled. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure, but uh, you're right. That was an interesting find. And it has fueled speculation that uh, life may not, may not have started on Earth, uh, that it came here. Um, your imagination, Shane, um, where, where does a story like this uh, le- uh, send you? What, uh, me? I'd yeah. be interested to see what they mine. It might take a while from the come, you know. Yeah. This, the thing is just getting settled. But. Well, it's getting settled, but can't they get samples back or from while while it's on there? They don't have to wait till it gets back here. Yeah, I'm, the, the the machine has a way of analyzing things right, right. there. Yes, right, yeah. right. So we will be getting some information back once it is settled and yeah. starts going. So if yeah, they I'm find in, anything, yeah. yeah, I'm interested in seeing what they find. As far as us coming from Mars, to me, that's a theory. I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah, well, it is a theory. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, is it a possibility? Yeah. It could be a possibility that a divine being took a poop and out we came to. So I don't know. I mean, there's so many. Everybody's got speculations. You know, unless I had bona fide proof, then I would then I would believe. But as far as me believing that theory, I'm kind of a skeptic. But I think it's neat that we are landing there and going to find stuff out. I yeah. guess I think that's cool. Yeah, I, I guess not only is it going to be looking for life, but it's also uh, looking to kind of figure out the interior of Mars, correct? And whether or not there's still seismic activity, yeah, um, exactly. Mars quakes, 
Yes, yes, Mars Quakes. I thought that was a fun term. Mars Quakes. Yeah. yeah, so um, they're trying to figure out the core is liquid or solid. You know, liquid like the Earth's or solid like right. a dead planet. Stuff like that. So it'll be cool to see what they come up with out of this. I'm actually kind of excited to learn more about it. Yeah, so am I. Uh, very much so. Um, and I'm a big believer in the space program. And that's that's a whole other topic oh, of I discussion. Am I am too. Um, but just about anything that uh, you know, that you can put your finger on in terms of a major portion of our economy, advancements in, in medicine, advancements in communication, uh, the whole aspect of GPS and cell phones and microprocessors. And uh, I could go on and on with this. All these things that have transformed our society in one way or another have come from the space program. And uh, firemen, you know, they, they're going to tell you a lot of the fire retardant um, uh, and firefighting methods came from the space program. Um, airplanes, uh, wind shear protection, um, you know, uh, weather prediction, all, all these things came from the space program. And uh, it pays us enormous dividends in that regard, and it expands our world to extend beyond the surface of our atmosphere. And, and in actuality, we don't necessarily live on Earth. We live in this universe the the uh the the space spaces we we kind of have a tendency to consider it as something separate you know we're here on earth and space is out there but we are actually part of that ecosystem the atoms in our body the elements that make us function all of these things came from space mm. so uh the more that we know about it um and and the more we understand it and the more that we explore it uh, both in terms of giving us a better understanding of ourselves and uh, all the things that we learn along the way, all the things that I mentioned. Uh, it's just a, it's a thing here, again, I get very frustrated that there isn't more support for the pay, uh, space program uh, than what there is by a lot of people. So, oh, well. Yeah, that drives uh, me nuts, too. It's like there's all this stuff out there that we could discover and, you know, it's it's like a fraction of the military budget that we spend yeah, on planes that we don't even use, and everybody's going to bitch and whine about giving uh, NASA money. Ugh. That makes me nuts, Joe. You're absolutely yeah. right. It drives me insane. Same uh, with like the the whole public television, public radio. Yeah, you know, that's oh, such a, why are we giving them money? And it's like what one one millionth of our budget. Yeah, we're like, but we need to cut it. It'll. Uh, I You're right. It's like yeah, Akron when they cut the arts program in order to fund the damn football team. It's never going to do shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't care if you're from Akron and listening. I'm just sorry, but the team is never going to be a national championship. I could I could live four lifetimes and never see that shit. They did yeah. that same thing in my high school when I was, you know, in high school. They, um, they were going to build, like, computer labs and have, like, programming classes and all that, but instead just took all the money and bought new football uniforms for our team that never won more than, like, two games a season. Yeah. You know, so instead of teaching us actual life skills that, like, you know, might get us a better job someday or something, it's like, oh, no, got to play the football game. So, yeah. yeah. yeah Our I band uh, needed new instruments, but, you know, no new instruments for the band because the football team needs new goalposts. Which is yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. There's I know you guys been... like sports, but I really think we play oh, way like too much sports. emphasis on sports these they're in this country. Like, oh, there's no question. I like sports, but I don't worship it, and I think I think too way too much money spent on it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like a lot of things. I like sports. I like entertainment. I like movies. But the, to, 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 to put these people in, in the places of idol worship like yeah. we do is ridiculous. Yeah, it can't be that far. No, um, yeah. not at all. Um, last segment of today's show, there was a study or something here that shows that time really does pass more quickly. As we get older, and there's a couple of different reasons for this, um, that for one thing, that children, for example, a year is a greater percentage of their life. So, therefore, uh, a year seems like a monumental period of time when you're eight. Right. Um, and the other thing is that children are, ex- uh, you know, experiencing th- many things for the first time. New things are always being presented to them. Uh, which gives them an excitement, a sense of wonder, and uh, new memories are being made, and so on and so forth. Um, you don't have that with older individuals. It does seem like that I've gotten older, that time really does go by fast. We say it all the time. I can't believe another year has gone by. But, you know, uh, it what's, it's scary to me because if you consider, let's say this is a uh, Christmas coming up on Christmas time here. It's probably pretty easy for you to remember Christmas time last year. It's probably pretty easy to you for you to remember uh, where you were, um, what special events you did with your family, and so on and so forth. The, these memories are probably pretty easy to uh, you know to recall. Well, you consider that that period of time, that little period of time that you can recall so easily, is a year. And if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you might live 70, 80 of those. And that's all you get. Um, it, to me, it's a, um, it's a kind of a scary thing to realize how short life really is. Yeah. Um, do you guys, uh, Jack, I'll start with you on this. Any, any comments about that? It does seem like time has gone by faster as I've gotten older, you know just you don't notice it as much i guess year by year but you know i remember when i was a kid summer seemed to last forever yeah like, uh, i'm not in school for a whole three years but you know yeah yeah no i, I could definitely see that i mean i feel like this year's flown by and i felt oh, like yeah. last year flew by you know yeah yeah it's like, definitely going faster there ain't no doubt about that i was gonna ask you shane so you feel it is going by faster yeah i think it's a mental concept of course you still everybody's got 24 hours a day 365 days a year but it's a mental perception because you're so busy doing something you're always constantly going and if you notice it's like it starts faster after you graduate high school or after you're out of school oh yeah it starts really picking up pace and before you know it, you done went from eight to, because, I mean, it don't even seem like that long ago, man, that I was like 20, 21. And here I am sitting on 43. Yeah. So time flies. It sure does. And you're right, man. And that's what, I'm glad you said that, because I want to make mention of this. Probably going to have a video up in the near future for Sweet Truth Media. That it's, it's talking about helping other people. That's one of the three podcasting. And I decided to do a video instead of an audio. I'm going to give us one more shot doing a video on the YouTube channel. I've got part right. of it already done. And I'm thinking, you know, we all got these problems in the world. We talk about the problems and we see the problems. But what are we doing about the problems? 
kind of yeah. what I'm getting at. If you've got a talent and you've got a skill, use it to make the world a better place. No matter what that Absolutely. skill may, no matter what that skill may be. We can bitch and we can moan all we want about how bad the damn world is, but if you're not making an effort to try to do any little thing, I'm not saying you're going to change everything because you're not. Yeah. It's never going to happen. But you can make a piece of where you are better or a piece of somebody else's world better. Hmm. You know, it's like Michael Jackson said, man, you got to start with the man in the mirror. Oh, that's true. That's the only way. you got to start with yourself and change yourself. Then you can help change others. Very true. Very true. And life is short. Hundred yeah. years. I don't give a damn if you live to be a hundred and twenty. Yeah, it's short. It don't. It's gone like that. Yeah, it is. So, make the best of what you got. That's all I'm saying. Ab- absolutely. Well, as we wrap things up here, just a reminder: we will return Thursday, eleven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right here, same place, same channel. Find us on uh, Twitter. You can tweet us about some of the things maybe we talked about today at Sweet Truth Radio. We are the Sanctuary of Sweet Truth podcast on Spreaker and Apple iTunes and just about all of the uh, major networks. You mentioned Stitcher and uh, TuneIn. So uh, you can find us and uh, tweet us anything you like, story ideas, comments, what have you. We do uh, monitor our Twitter account. Coming up tomorrow, Tuesday, will be these layman's terms. In these layman's terms, uh, do you have any type of words about a preview, Shane, on that? Um, I'm going to go into some ideas that I've had for the show coming up in the near future, probably the following week. Um, we're going to be doing some more sketch stuff. i got a couple of ideas I've been chewing around in my head that I'm going to share with everybody tomorrow. I think it will be a pretty cool concept and uh, get that ball rolling and i want there's a couple of things i want it'll be you know once or twice a month and there's a couple of things i've thought of that i kind of want weekly but uh just kind of cool concepts but other than that i want to make those announcements and just the same old us sitting back telling stories about what the crazy ass world's doing very good awesome sounds great jack will be with you guys tomorrow yeah. night as well i want to thank jack for being with us tonight Oh, we're yeah. going to have our studio, Sweet Truth Media video, pretty soon, too. We're going to do that, Jack, what we were talking about. I already got oh, the yeah? Perfect, yeah, I already got the perfect music for the background. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I'll that. be anticipating that one. It'll be good. Good. All right. Very good. Very good show, guys. Thank you much uh, for being on the show, as always. Once again, Shane and I will return, possibly with uh, Jack, I'm not sure, on Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, have a great week, and we will talk to you again soon. All right. Have a good night. I can't believe it. That Philip brought his little brother on our mission into orbit? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? How long until we get there? No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? What's this button do? Don't don't touch that! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Your home is important. 
That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you have a cute little reading nook for those rainy days when you want to curl up with a good book, but you don't even read, so you just sit in there during thunderstorms and scroll through memes on your phone and laugh in the darkness. <laughs> the GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the dark, meme-filled corner you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance.